Hey everybody, welcome back. In this week's episode, we're gonna be getting into the concept of spiritual narcissism and how using spiritual concepts to manipulate and control others is actually an extremely like narcissistic and controlling thing. But there's a lot more nuance to it than what I think a lot of people may potentially see. So that's what we're gonna be getting into next. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Wizard Factory podcast where you subscribe to weekly videos exploring deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. My name is Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. And what are we talking about today? Spiritual narcissism. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, Obviously, I I think it's safe to say everyone out there probably had someone's face or, you know, uh, had a person pop in mind immediately. So, um, we're going to get into like, what is this sort of archetype of a, a parasite of light, if you will. But before we get into the content, just a couple of quick things. First off, if you're new here, hit the subscribe button. We'd love to have you join us. Weekly videos on all sorts of topics and hit that like button as well. It really helps us out and we appreciate that. For all things Wizard Factory, all of our products and services, uh, you can find those at thewizardfactory.com. That link is below. Also, check us out on all the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram. And we're also excited to be launching our brand new Patreon page very soon. Got some exciting content planned for that. And so keep an eye out for that uh, when we actually officially launch that. Can't wait. But of course, everything in its due time and not until it's completely ready for you guys and and the best that it possibly can be. So also one one thing I wanted to add, I recently added a playlist in our on our channel called laying the foundations. So we understand that we're getting up there in episodes now. This is episode 71. So that's a lot of content to go through. I understand that can be really overwhelming. And so I, I wanted a way to kind of collect the ones that we felt were truly, truly essential, especially to understanding our entire mindset and viewpoint that we really approach every concept and idea from. So I recommend checking out that playlist. If you want a way to kind of learn more about our channel and what we are teaching and representing the ideas here on this channel in a very easy and organized way, in that laying the foundations playlist. So definitely check that out. So without further ado, I will let my man Brian here unpack this uh, content. Yeah, so this is one that, you know, I thought a lot about this concept and observed it. And and we've we've hinted at it and spoken about it in a lot of the different subjects that we've uh, hit on here at the Wizard Factory. And what we always like to start with the foundation, like what we're really getting into. So what do we mean by like spiritual narcissism? Well, it's misusing spirituality as a tool for manipulation and control of other people. So you're taking some kind of philosophical concept, some kind of, or even actual like spiritual law, and then using it 
or misusing it more accurately as a way of trying to violate or control someone or, you know, keep them making decisions that you would like them to have. We, we can see the, the largest example of this. We talk about this. This is essentially what the, the ruling class, the dark occultists, this is what they do. You know, they take different spiritual concepts and philosophies and mindsets and they put those out there. And, you know, some of them have more truth than others in them. Uh, but if, if they're all like tainted, then that, that then influences the way people are making decisions and then they, they can become controlled. But we can also see this on the level of the individual. Uh, it, it goes on a lot in, in all sorts of different areas of life. And then I think in a lot of different examples and ways that people normally wouldn't think about it in that way, you know, there, there's like blatant manipulation, but then there's also subtle manipulation, and, you know, we're going to unpack the nuance like we like to do on the show uh, of both of those. Yeah, that's that's a great way to set that up. And what I was uh, thinking of as you were speaking about that is how, I mean, really this content could be for what, uh, the person who is the spiritual narcissist and, and perhaps realizes it or doesn't realize it because oftentimes we do destructive or manipulative behaviors, not because we want to be a bad person, but because we're acting out of some kind of unconscious trauma and a fear-based mindset. So whether you're that person and this is an opportunity for you to look in the mirror and maybe like realize some of the patterns that you're doing without necessarily realizing that or being aware of it, or for the rest of you out there, it's just going to serve as a good defense mechanism of know your enemy, understand the mindset of the predator better so that you can be less of a prey, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the other thing is um, every cult or whether real life situation or something you see in a movie or a documentary or something like that, they all sort of have this thing in common where they need this unified worldview or some kind of belief or end goal perhaps that unifies them in their cause so even if it's a nefarious agenda that's being perpetrated by a, a really not very good person it, it still tends to be good-hearted good-intentioned people that are exploited to actually carry out this agenda under the guise of actually trying to make the world a better place to do something positive and so it's important to just recognize that there's nothing wrong with having beliefs or powerful convictions or a, 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 a vision of the future, but just being aware that that can actually be used to exploit you, especially if your beliefs are not very well tested. This is why we speak so much about the pagan mindset, about having that direct experience so that you know and you're not just taking some other person or book their word for it. If your beliefs are faulty, then there's some level inside your own psyche that knows that you're missing something, that your soul is craving for that, that truth that you're not getting, and that craving is the thing that they're actually exploiting because they're put, like an anglerfish. They're putting out this false light to, to attract you not knowing that they're they're ready to just chomp down once they have you. Yeah, yeah, I love the anglerfish. Uh, that's a, that a great way to tie that in. There you go. 
you know, as always, this is another reason we're pagans. You know, you observe nature and you can learn from it. And even, you know, the, the simplest thing carries, you know, immense, you know, w- wonderful lessons within it, you know. But the Christian um, would just say, Anglophuses are scary and they're excited and I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, another kind of way this, <laughs> one one way this can kind of play out or one symptom of this is this idea or <laughs> this rise of everybody being an empath. This is something, and you know, uh, some people might get triggered in this. First off, what is an empath? That's being able to use empathy, being able to sense and pick up on things that aren't necessarily like spoken directly with language. So that, you know, part of that could include like, just reading body language, which a lot of that we do in a very unconscious or subconscious way, just because you're not consciously doing it doesn't mean it's not like having an effect on you. And that, that is then going into your interpretation. Like it's an inherent part of our nature. So, so there's, that's a factor in, and then, you know, we could look at it astrologically, like, yes, some people do have more intuitive ability than others. And that can be seen through like certain placements or conjunctions. And then depending on like different houses that they fall in, like the eighth house or the 12th house, you know, and, you know, with planets like Rahu or K2 or uh, signs like Scorpio, you know, those, you know, Pisces, those tend to be, you know, energies that depending on like how they're all arranged together can make a person tend to have more intuition or just be able to access their intuition more easily than others would be a better way to put it because we all inherently have that ability. We all have the ability to be empathic. That's what makes us human beings. That's one of the things about psychopaths, though, is when they don't have that ability, that they're, they're an interspecies predator. They're inherently in lacking that, that empathy, that ability to be a human being. So the, the idea that, like, I'm more of an empath than other people like that, you can see very easily how that could feed into a, an unhealthy sense of ego or, like, a narcissistic ego. And I'm not saying like discount that if you have gifts or abilities or certain things like that, that you shouldn't tap into those and work with them or that those things don't exist. But, you know, discernment really like is key with everything, you know. So this is something like I think to to look at here and that many times people who are trying to come into positions of power that they can you know, especially like within a spiritual community, like say the new age community would be a good example of this. You see a lot of these claims of being an empath and then they use that to then connect with another person who they're, they're craving some other human connection, right? Like that's what they're craving. And then they're, you're telling them, oh, I have the ability to connect with you on a deeper level. Well, it's, it's very easy to like that person then can become prey. If that, if the, if the person who's claiming to be the empath if they don't have good intentions, if they don't understand cosmic law or boundaries, or they're looking to exploit those people. So, yes. you know, that's, you have to be careful with those kind of things. Yes. The predatory mindset. Again, it's, they're going to be sniffing for blood like a shark in the water. They're looking for your pain points, your weakness, something mm-hmm. to exploit and a need or a craving or even a desire within you can be all they need all they need to get in. And so uh, what, what struck me while you were t- uh, speaking there about the law of oneness, when you were talking about empathy, because to me, what empathy really is, is the ability to, to actually experience the truth of oneness 
that all beings are one. So when I empathize, I'm feeling pain for you. I'm not suffering. I'm not actually experiencing the pain, but just by seeing another person in pain, your brain is recognizing that namaste of, oh wait, you are me. So I feel it too. Even if you're not aware that that's what happens or that's what's occurring, you're, you're feeling that. And that's the thing is like, we don't always understand things intellectually, but we can still feel them. We can still experience them. And that's why feelings are so, so important because it, in many ways, they're far more intelligent than we are. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I, I love that. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So like that law of oneness thing and the, the empathy and how you identify an interspecies predator by their inability to feel that. Because think about what happens when you undergo trauma, your, your sense of self is disrupted, and then your ego steps in to try to overcompensate for that invasion or that violation of sovereignty. And that, that can take form by way of the ego is isolating itself. It, that's why like people who have been through hard lives often have this kind of sentiment that they care around about like, I don't need nobody. I don't give a fuck. It's this whole, like, I've got my walls up. And what's funny is they do that to try to look hard and brave, but actually they're just exposing how afraid they are afraid Mm -hmm. of true to meaningful connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love all that, man. That was, uh, I like the, the tying in with the the law of oneness because what you're experiencing with that in is the the feminine aspect of like the universe, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. us being individuals, being sovereign and having free will. That's the very masculine, mm-hmm. you know, but that feminine, well, the feminine collective. Like, it, it, yep. It's, it's also like care, creative energy um, and feelings. And one of the big points and you, and you hit on it that people who are, trying to manipulate others will use, especially if they're coming at it through spiritual laws or from in the guise of a, a spiritual person. Uh, it's done through feelings. They will know how to stimulate your feelings because that's, that's your creative force that gets you going. That starts that connection point. And then, you know, the feminine precedes the masculine, you get feeling and then you start acting like, exactly. you know, so that's, you know, this is something that you, you really have to watch when, uh, people are, you know, very openly claiming that like, you know, this is, this is what we're embodying is like, Oh, my ability to connect with you on that very feminine level. Like that's that connect. It's a connection. You see it's feminine energy. Like that. So that's, you know, and it's not that you shouldn't connect or anything. Again, you know, we never take a black and white stance on anything. You have to look at the nuance of each situation. Like you can't ever just look at one thing or one piece of the puzzle and then think you have the whole picture. You got to look at the whole picture and all the pieces like you, know, you have to look at the, the complicated simplicity and things, you know, Exactly. <laughs> and the, uh, the next kind of thing. And I think this, this is a way that this can come through and it can, it can be consciously misused, but I also think many times it's, it's unconsciously misused. And so they're not, they don't necessarily realize that's what they're doing, you know, and it may be well-intentioned, but it's still wrong. Uh, and this is sharing your gifts with others. So some people may have abilities or can like hold certain knowledge 
whatever it may be, that that is a gift that it, it can very, it could be an actual gift that you, it genuinely helps people like, and a lot of people could benefit from it. That what a lot of people in an unsolicited way think they then have to share that gift. You know, they'll kind of have that, they'll take on that savior projection, you know, because of our, like the monotheistic programming in our society, they'll think that, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I have, I'm a gift. So I have, I have this gift. I have to go share it with everybody. I have to go save everybody. Mm-hmm. And what, what becomes really important is that you have to recognize whether or not was, were people seeking that out? Like, did they, did they want your help? Did they give you their consent to do that? You know, and this, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, this could apply in a lot of different ways. There, there's a lot of examples. So, for example, say someone that like does energy work, right, with uh, qigong or reiki or something like that, and then they they've achieved a certain level of mastery of being able to to shift energy in a body. Someone could really need that, but if they don't consent to it, if they didn't ask for it, and you just go do that to them, it's totally a violation of their boundaries, and it's not okay. So it doesn't matter if you think it came from the heart space or you were doing it from the heart. You know, uh, light language is something I've seen like in the New Age movement, and and not only there, but in other places as well. Um, and I'll we'll hit on that more later with an example of a person who who really knows how to actually use that gift in the correct in a correct way. Um, but you know, that could be one that oh, you this may be something that works really well for you. But if you're just doing it to someone because you think they have some kind of an attachment or they have whatever issue that you feel like you see. And that you're just going to solve it. If you just go doing that to people, like you're violating their boundaries, like free will is inherent in the universe. Like we're all allowed to like go on our path and, and trying, you know, thinking that you are like, you know, the, the gift or the savior for somebody when they didn't even ask for your help. That's, that's narcissistic. And then that's using, that's misusing those gifts. Like, and I want to add too that, you know, if you're somebody who's doing this again, you need to observe yourself. You need to pay attention to how you're relating to people. And if you're somebody who does this, regardless of what your st- uh, what your intentions are for doing it, you need to sit there and ask yourself: Are you really doing it for them or for yourself? Are you going around saving people and healing people to really actually help them? Or are you doing it to, to give yourself some kind of feeling of self-worth uh, and, and validation and, and, in, and therefore, in a way, very codependent with these people that you're going around trying to impose yourself upon because you, you're actually feeding on them like an energy vampire and it has nothing to do or less than you might think to do with actually helping that person and this really does have to come back to sovereignty like again look at nature when a newborn fawn is trying to walk and they're all awkward and wonky what would happen if the mother every time they started falling the mother came by and tried to pick them up and help them stand well that that looks like help but what that's actually doing is crippling the growth and development of that young thing and so right. this this pretty much is very universally true and so many times 
what we think of as being helpful is actually disempowering other person. And sure, it takes a certain level of disempowerment for that other person to accept that and, and uh, sort of fall into the, the other role of that codependent relationship. In other words, they actually feel that they are too weak on their own and they need that, or they just don't have the inner strength and uh, sense of boundaries to actually say no, even if they don't want it. But yeah, uh, prayers is is another example of this. That, you know, this is this can take so many forms, but you see it just as much in the pagan communities, the New Age communities, the Christian communities. It's it's the same exact psychological projection, just taking different kind of forms and with different names and things. Right, because you're asking people, oh, can you send prayers to this person? Well, did that person like ask for those? If they ask for them and you have their permission, then by all means, like do that. But if you didn't, what you're doing is you're asking a whole bunch of people to pour their psychic energy towards a person who didn't ask for that. It's a violation of their boundaries, like on, on that level. Um, and so, so consent is essential in this, like, as we talk about on the show all the time. And, and, and this is something I've seen people like in different groups or things talk about, like, you know, them having consent, uh, on a, on a soul level or on another timeline or another dimension or whatever, whatever the fuck they're pulling out of their ass, like to be plain, like the consent has to be in this reality field. Like it's like, it doesn't happen in the dream state. It like consent needs to happen. Like communicate it very clearly. Like boundaries need to be clear. You can't just say, Oh, well we, you know, we talked on the 10th dimension and then now it's okay for me to do this to you because you asked me to do it. No, like that, that's totally the narcissistic kind of behavior that we're getting at here. Like it, it, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get into to Odin here in a little bit and why he's an archetype that is perfect for understanding this. But, you know, these people, a lot of times they'll say that, oh, they're doing this from the heart because I care. But, you know, Christians project everybody's need to have Jesus save them from their heart. They're doing it because they care. You know, statists advocate for everybody to be controlled because they think there'd be destruction without people being forcibly controlled. And they're doing that because they care for humanity. Right now, we can see everybody being forced, you know, people trying to force others to wear a muzzle, you know, because they care about everybody. Mm -hmm. That is not coming from a true heart space. That's coming from like a fear, a place of fear that you think is a heart Mm -hmm. space. That's, That's not what it is, a true heart space. A balanced heart space will always first and foremost recognize that other person's sovereignty and their rights be an individual and be on their own path and to seek the help that they want. And they will respect that and they won't fucking violate it with with unwanted gifts or advice or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like consent and again, consent in this reality field is essential. Like Right. That is it's so true. And I get that the mentality is coming, it's, it's beginning in the heart. That's what you, you were saying. The feminine comes first, the emotions come first and move you to take an action. But then beyond that, the, the head takes over in the way that that plays out. Because what is what we're talking about? If you could sum it up, you're attempting to control someone. 
even though you think you're just saying a prayer and wishing them well or something like that, what you're doing is attempting to change the fate or the way that the trajectory that things are on without respecting that things were that way for a reason. And sometimes things were, are already on the trajectory that they need in order for people to learn a difficult lesson. And just because you think you're saving them from some kind of challenge or struggle doesn't mean that you're actually helping them. And like you said, Brian, if you truly cared, it would be more about respect and the ability to allow a person to be what and how they are instead of trying to sit there and micromanage everything and it's like, oh, well, that just won't do. Here, let me fix you. That's, that's right. very disrespectful. Yeah, and it's very narcissistic to think that you're, you're so knowledgeable. You put yourself up on such a pedestal that you mm -hmm. can see all these person's faults and that you're the one that's there to fix them. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's the Jesus complex. We'll, we'll take, let, let's look at Odin, Woden. As, as an archetype, I, he, he's a wonderful archetype for this. You know, in the Vedic tradition, he's also associated with Shiva. He's Mercury. He's the intellect, things like this. So, you know, Odin, uh, there, there's a, a really great book people should read by uh, Michael William Denny called Odin Says Jesus Was a Coward. And yet the title sounds very triggering, and it, and it should be. When, when What it really does is it lays out the fundamental difference between like an animist and a pagan mindset and like why the, the, the Christian mindset or the idea that you need saved or Jesus could save everybody is essentially what we're talking about, spiritual narcissism. It's a total violation of boundaries and sovereignty, and it fundamentally disrespects a person's right to walk their rider, their path, their orlog, their dharma. Like everybody has the right to learn their own experience. And just because their path isn't the same as yours doesn't mean they're fucking wrong. As long as they're not violating cosmic law and they're harming other people, you don't have any goddamn right to force your, yourself or your beliefs on anybody else. Like you can put your information out there if you want, like write a book, create a channel, do whatever, like fight, connect with people that do want that information, but it needs to be consensual. Like, and and that's what it comes down to. So Odin, you know, he he very much like in in this book, one of the things that he he says is if anyone tried to just give him his enlightenment or his wisdom, he would run them through with a spear. Right. And and in this book, I'll, I'll frame it a little bit better so you understand more. This was in a a vision or a dream state in which Michael was connecting with with Odin, and and he asked like. Is there a similarity between you and Jesus? And, and the answer he got back was that, you know, Jesus was a coward. And in a very stern, that very masculine, very warrior-like, very intense, very intense, fiery. passionate energy, like fiery energy. That like, no, like if, like if someone told me I needed saved, I would run them through with a spear. Like that, that kind of energy. It's, it's disrespectful. It's saying that you're so weak as a person that you can't gain your own wisdom. You can't gain your own enlightenment. And it's insulting as fuck. Like to a person who, especially when they're valuing, like that's your, like, let's look at Woden. So we can look at in like that when something has in on, on the end of the word, it's, it means it's made of something is wood in, it's made of wood. Wode is the the fury of self-awareness. It's that passion for self-discovery, like that warrior mindset that we talk about. So Woden is, is he who is made of the fury of self-awareness. Like he, he's constantly 
seeking his own wisdom. He's willing, you know, in the mythology, we see him sacrifice himself multiple times in different ways uh, as, as a way of gaining this wisdom, gaining this awareness. And, you know, he never asked anybody else to do it for him. Like he, he has a passion. He's the wanderer. He's always seeking. He's going on a quest. Like this is the passion that like you should live life with. Like, so when, when you have that kind of passion, like embodied and integrated into your life for anybody else to tell you that like, Oh, I know how your path should be. It's an utter violation. And you should, you should react very sternly. A lot of people are like, well, that's kind of a hard stance to take on it. No, like if people and people learned how to embody this kind of energy, boundaries want to get violated. Right. Exactly. And, and when you're doing that, what's no, you're, you're invoking your, your boundary, your magic circle. That, mm-hmm. what, what is that? It's your, it's your magnetic field. It, it radiates out your spinal cord. You're, if you don't know the wand that we all carry around is our spinal cord. And when you're putting your influence out there, you're, you're projecting your nervous system out into this reality field in order to have an effect on it. And when you can say no firmly and stand on that and like, I'm not, I'm not going to let you do this. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the time, people will back down because the people that are seeking a need to control and manipulate others, they're always afraid. Like they're always cowards. Right. And as soon as something stands up to them, they run away. Like look at a predator in nature. If the prey fights back, a lot of times that predator ends up getting fucked up themselves, you know, or they give up. Mm-hmm. Like you have to say no. Right. And, and I also would add that, you know, like you were saying, some people might think, well, isn't that kind of harsh? And we're not presenting a black and white, rigid sort of approach to everything. You know, should you be that fiery and zero tolerance about something like, you know, leaving the door open or, you know, whatever? We're not talking about that. When we're talking about personal sovereignty, absolutely, you should be that immovable that fucking grounded and that is a result of a lot of years of working on yourself healing yourself transforming yourself and building up yourself and i mean self right and and what you're doing is you're you're having the truly embodied masculine because it's it's coming from a foundation of care it's embodied with the Mm -hmm. feminine like so when you have those both like in a healthy way integrated, like 
that that found that once that masculine has that foundation of true care, like it it is immovable. Like and and that's where the, like the strength lies. But you have to have both. If the masculine doesn't have the feminine, you know, it doesn't work. You know, like you have you have to have that because otherwise it falls into this spiritual kind of narcissism where it feels the need to control everything because it's afraid. You know, and I, I, a person I want to point to that as an example of a person who knows how to like use their spiritual gifts in a very healthy way and like is an excellent example of like boundaries. And, and if you really want to learn a lot about boundaries, you should, you should check her work out. Uh, our recent guest, uh, Thundra and our, our good friend. Um, and we did the, the recent episode on, on boundaries with her, but you know, one of, one of her gifts that she's been tapping into uh, recently, you know, you know, is uh, what she calls like dragon tongue, you know, and, and it's a gift of, of healing through that she does through communication. But one thing I, I, I wanted to point out, you know, and I, I really admire about hers, not only does she like do this gift, like only when it's solicited, but like even on her own channel, if she's going to do something like that, you know, I, I was tuning in watching, watching one time. And I noticed at the very beginning, she, she very clearly stated what she was going to be doing and the intentions behind it and was absolutely clear and upfront about what was going to happen and then gave people the opportunity to choose. Like that's a, that's a true spiritual teacher that knows how to honor people's boundaries like that before they just unsolicitedly go out and share their gifts. Like those are the kind of people like who, if you do need help, you want to like look for them. But if someone's just doing it in an unsolicited way, run the fucking other direction. Exactly. That that's such a great way to, to have that discernment. That's somebody who just gets it. And anyone who is not, honoring that clarity and intentional communication and transparency that's a major red flag right there and if you you know cluster that with a few other red flags this is not a person that you should be working with much less trying to learn from right yeah so you know definitely shout her like you know like i have a lot of respect for her as a you know uh, a fellow seeker on the path and as a teacher, you know, so definitely, and go check out that episode with her and, and her website and things. She, she has a lot of wonderful uh, talents and things that if you are interested in these kind of things, you know, she has, she does have a lot of knowledge to offer. So I think one of the nuances that we could also look at here is that when people are falling into some of these behaviors, there's, there's kind of multiple levels at which it plays out. And this is in regards to like the conscious mind or the subconscious and unconscious mind. So there are people who very much consciously are doing these things to manipulate other people. You know, um, if you could look at like, you know, like the TV goals, goes like, uh, oh, what's that, that old bastard from the 700 Club, Pat Robinson or whatever, you know, like, yeah, that guy totally very much consciously manipulating people <laughs> like you know there's a lot of politicians consciously manipulating people but there's also a level and this i think plays out a lot more on the level of individuals whether that be in like uh family dynamics or uh relationships with the spouse or in a business sense or or just friendships you know things like other you know more personal kind of relationships um I think a lot of times that can also be coming from the place of unconscious manipulation, you know? So there's a lot of people that they're doing these things from a place of trauma and, and they're unaware of it. But then there's also like the group of people like dark cultists that they, 
they very much are aware of what they're doing and they're very consciously choosing to do it. So, you know, there's, you know, you, you can look at those different kinds um, and both are violations of boundaries, but with the unconscious manipulation, a lot of times that's coming because there's some kind of trauma. There's like pain or there's some need, uh, some feeling of abandonment. So then they feel like the need to latch onto and like control other people and get stuck in that codependent dynamic, you know, but that's, that's in a way, that's kind of a good thing because if there's a trauma there that needs healed or whatever it is, then you just need to be able to like work on that and heal that or to recognize that behavior. If it's unconscious, what do you need to do? You need to become conscious of it. You need to become aware of it. And awareness creates choice. So then you have the choice of, am I going to continue this behavior, you know, and, and remain ignorant of it, or you're going to choose to work on it and fix it and resolve it. And mm. if you're, if you're a person that's falling into that, that's not done in an instant decision or like in a week or a month, it, it takes time and years of dedication, like to really get on the path and to do your work and to do your shadow work and integrate like all the parts of yourself and heal those. Like it, it's a constant process. And that's why if you're all, if you're always working on yourself, like you can see that if there's healing you need to do, then you're not, you're never so high or on a pedestal that you should just be forcing yourself and everything onto other people. Because like, if you still have work to do, you don't really have, you know what I mean? Like you're not one to say like what work they have to do. Right. And that's very interesting to kind of like, observe or contemplate those two forms that this similar thing can uh, be expressed as, whereas the, the conscious and the unconscious, because the, the conscious predator, this, this idea of like a spiritual narcissist is to me kind of a very highly evolved form of interspecies predator because they understand that evil can't operate openly in, you know, it, it has to like cover itself, cloak itself with light to appear benevolent. So people that actively seek these type of positions of power, they're highly evolved as a narcissist because they're recognizing that they, I mean, any type of parasite, whether it's a worm in your gut, their main job is to not be detected, therefore unchallenged. You're never, they're never going to be evicted, GTFO, if you're not aware that they're even there. So when they're sitting there blinding you with all this healing light and listen to the nice words that I tell you that make you feel oh so good, like I said, that's the kind of the highly evolved predator manifestation. But on the other hand, the more subconscious or unconscious form, I almost see as, as kind of like well on the other side where a person probably has really good intentions with that and they can sense and resonate with the truth that they're sort of touting, even though it's playing out in a very unhealthy and manipulative way. Right. There's still that sort of element of a, more of a human being rather than like just this, you know, reptilian predator type of being. If you, you right. Know, if that's, yeah, yeah, that that that's that's a good way to look at it. Um, they probably you know, really want to connect with people. They do crave those higher truths. It's just that they're unconsciously then using those in uh, negative ways, right? Or they have like inaccurate assumptions or worldviews or filters that they're then when they hear that information, even though it's 
correct information they're then misinterpreting it and then they're act you know getting back to the trivium process you know which we, we've spoken about a lot and, and how we process information if you if you have a fundamental assumption wrong and you're the, the foundation of your worldview well that's going to be a filter that's going to then affect all of your actions and the way you you go about interacting this is why we talk about cosmic law and sovereignty and boundaries and free will those are the foundation that you should build off of Mm-hmm. like the trip, they're universal like right yeah exactly like understanding how we think how we learn and and how we you know what you know how human psychology understands this is why you have to study the occult like and then actually study it not just think it's some scary satanic thing it's 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 just very useful information uh and right. and don't be afraid of it like don't be afraid of symbols or things like that like study them learn about them practice i actually practice that's that's a big key. Apply the knowledge. That's when you'll start really noticing a lot of your worldviews or your assumptions that were very rooted in fear. You'll start to be able to dissolve those and replace them with empowered worldviews. So it's it's a very important process. And and yeah, in light of um, the mention of the trivium, there. I mean, it, first off, if you're not familiar with the concept of the trivium, this is absolute fundamental knowledge. It's in our Laying the Foundations playlist. I've added that in there. We did a whole episode on the empower, inspire, encourage uh, meaning of our tagline and how that relates to this concept of the trivium. But just to give it a, a brief overview, it's the method, it's the system by which we as consciousnesses uh, interact with the world based on what we think we know. So everything that we do, the output of our system is all based on our operating system, the, the fundamental principles that we hold to be true. This is both a positive and, and negative thing. It's, it's only bad if your beliefs are false. So essentially what we're talking about here in context to this episode is that people are constantly, these, these types of people, are constantly doing something that I've sort of coined the term trivium hacking. Is is it's a form of uh, gaslighting. Also, if you want to look at it that way, because basically the whole idea of gaslighting is this person is imposing their truth onto your truth and saying that no, 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 not that. It's this, and sort of like with a person without boundaries is not is just going to accept like oh oh okay okay and just go mm-hmm. along with it. But then they've then implanted a truth or a belief that is then going to play out in that person's behavior and what they are they are creating, whether it is their own freedom or their own servitude to that person based on, again, if someone is trying specifically to exploit someone, get them to, I mean, this is what mind control is. They're trivium, they're hacking your trivium's process and installing false beliefs that make you act in a way that you want them to, that's not necessarily in their best interests. Right. Yeah. That, what, very well said. And, you know, that leads really well into this next point that one of the ways that's done uh, and like these kind of people will gain an, an entry point essentially. Um, and many times through the, the free will of the person that they're trying to control uh, is they'll, they'll make kind of, you know, they'll claim to have some kind of gift or ability to see or sense things or something like that. And then they'll claim that person has an attachment or a blockage or a thread or, you know, something attached to them or some kind of problem 
you know, uh, and this goes, they're what they're like a spiritual salesman, right. Is what they're doing. Like they're, you, they present the problem. Oh, here's a problem you didn't know you have, but I have the solution. Like, you know, that's what's going on on a fundamental level. So when you, right. Yeah. And so they, they will use that as an entry point. Oh, you, you have this attachment and you need to allow me to do this kind of healing on you. Uh, use my, my light language or use my, my hands or what, whatever the healing technique is in order to like get rid of this attachment for you. Well, did that person ever say they had that? Or, you know what I mean? Like, are you just making accusations or saying that, Oh, I, I saw this. And then, you know, now I'm telling you that you had that, even though you, you know what I mean? You feel perfectly fine. Like someone that does that is so like, especially if they actually, like if they're, if they're lying and doing it, like that's one, like that's bad enough. But like, if they actually believe their own shit, like, like that, that person is very out of touch with reality. You know, if it, if it's someone like that and there are people out there that actually like believe, believe their own bullshit to that extent. And like, you know, they think that they just are God's gift to the world or whatever, just like Jesus. And then they're just going to go around and save everybody with their miracle. Absolutely. Narcissistic. And what's ironic about that is that, again, there's, there's always this sort of mirror image of the positive and negative expressions of things uh, that are, it's like the same thing. It's just that it's where it's coming out of. It's the consciousness that it's being spawned out of that determines whether it's good or evil or however you want to label it. But, you know, like, so for example, you were talking about the, the salesman that is t presenting this problem you didn't know you, you had, which creates cognitive right. dissonance in your brain where suddenly you're like, oh shit, well now there's a vacuum, there's a need. Remember, I just was talking about mm -hmm. that. If you tell them the problem, you've presented them with a need, and now there you are to fill it. But see, th this is the sort of dualistic nature is that, you know, Brian and me, we consider ourselves entrepreneurs. And we believe that being a light entrepreneur or benevolent, you know, uh, businessman is all about problem solving, being a good problem solver. So the irony is that this type of person and the narcissist are going around looking for the same thing. They're looking for a problem. The only difference is the, the good guy is trying to solve the problem. The other one is just trying to exploit the problem to get something out of it. And then right. they'll leave you with the problem still and in, in a worse state than they found you. But as long as they got what they wanted, they're good with it. So that's really the major difference. A person who's empowered is going to be going around looking for problems. The difference is, are you going to actually solve it and make the world a better place and get the natural due return via the law of Gabo? You're still getting something out of it. It's just that that's not what you're about. Mm -hmm. You see the difference right. there? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Gabo because I always pull a rune for the show that I like to, you know, keep kind of embodied energy. And Gabo is the rune. Uh, that I uh -huh. drew today. So, you know, Gabo is also another, another, you know, Thuruzaj is one rune about boundaries, but Gabo also very much, you have to fundamentally understand boundaries to understand Gabo, the, mm -hmm. the equal exchange between things. So if you're just thinking that, oh, I should just go around and save everybody, but they didn't ask for that first, there, there's no Gabo. It's one-sided. It's, mm -hmm. you know. And this just hit me real quick. Let me add this in because I just, sure. like, so a person who's honoring boundaries and the law of Gabo within themselves, they are going to put an X up in front, just like the rune. They're saying, no, you shall not pass. I mean, dude, 
come to yeah. think of it, that, that scene with Gandalf, such a beautiful yeah. display of boundaries, mm. like that fiery, there's fire everywhere, and he ain't yeah. fucking moving. He's just like, you shall not pass. He's just like, you shall not yeah, yeah, no, that's you know, Gandalf's <laughs> always a wonderful archetype to learn from. You know, he's de- definitely he's mag- one of my favorite he's a magical characters. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously a good archetype for us to talk about on the Wizard Factory. Right. You know, he's a, he's a, good, <laughs> a good archetype to learn from. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, very, a lot of correlations with Odin. Um, but yeah, we can also see that. You know, we, we so we see this play out in a lot of different. Uh, places in society, whether it's like the new age movement, you know, Christianity, like other, other cults, statism, you know, there, there's these types of like manipulation. So for example, like with statism, like they'll play on human beings, like compassion and empathy. Like Mm -hmm. most statists aren't advocating for control necessarily because they, they want to control other people. They're just afraid of what people might do and because they they don't want those negative consequences or experiences, so to speak, they let that fear take control, and then they they that's the entry point, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need somebody to protect me because I'm afraid of what other people might do. Well, <laughs> there comes the government strolling up, more than happy to fill that need. Like mm-hmm. this is this is how it works. Like um, another really prominent example of this that I don't think a lot of people would recognize uh, would be original sin. This this is a massive example of not only spiritual gaslighting but spiritual narcissism and manipulation. Uh, you can you can see like, well, you wouldn't need Jesus if you hadn't been damned by Jehovah already. Like, fact. Like, but there, there you have damned you in the first place, and then he creates the need for you to need to be saved. Like if, that if is through the that Hegelian sin, oh, dialectic. That is yeah, the Hegelian dialectic. Let me create a problem over here in secret and then show you so you get all scared and be like, well, what are we going to do? Funny you should ask. <laughs> yeah, so so it's a, it's a fundamental manipulation. So when you have a belief system that's built off of something like that, that's not healthy. Like there's always going to be that unhealthy codependency because it, it makes you put your power outside of yourself. We've spoken about this a lot. And, and this is why we, we go after, you know, the Abrahamic mindsets or statism or any other mindset that is telling you to put your power outside of yourself. Like that when something is doing that, you should, <laughs> you should reject it, take a very radical, very strong stance on your boundaries then. You know, I mean, like, look at what's going on now. Like, people are telling you, oh, trust the science. Don't don't listen to your own body. Don't trust your own immune system. Don't trust the very air you breathe. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that, it's a total, like, you can't even live as a normal human being. Like, that's that's not, don't go along with it. Like, take a radical stance on those kind of things, like, and say no. And, and it's that simple. Like, when you, t- and I've tested this multiple times, you know, like, say no and like people they back down like they almost always back down and it's just because most of those people don't want to go along with those kind of things either they're just afraid so that fear is a manipulation point and then they advocate for the control of other people like it's it's the same trick played out a a thousand different ways Mm -hmm. like but it, it fundamentally goes down to boundaries and sovereignty and free will and when you understand those things you understand cosmic law at a foundational level and you can't just recite it or share me about it but you've integrated it into every area of your life then those manipulations become so easy to see 
they become blatantly obvious. And then it becomes very easy for you to make the choice to say, no, I'm not going to allow this. Right. And a, and a form that this takes oftentimes is this sort of uh, putting oneself on a pedestal or even allowing others to sort of put you on this pedestal uh, mm. and then sort of going along with that and, and not really, uh, because again, when you truly care and respect for others, you wouldn't, you just as much as you wouldn't try to subjugate someone else, you wouldn't let someone else try to lift you up above them. You're like, no, I'm no fucking different than you. Same thing with the, you know, the Jesus thing versus Odin. You know, Odin was just a man. He fucking earned it. He put himself on that tree for himself. You know, major fucking difference there. And, you know, we can see the narcissism on full display with this kind of thing because, you know, it's, it's becoming identified with this idea of advancement or enlightenment or I'm the expert, I'm the guru, whatever it is that you think you are, or even, even people tell you you are so much you just start believing them. But it would be like if, if like, um, well, you know, like Gordon Ramsay or something. So just because he's the master cook, he goes around treating everybody else like shit because they're just the newbies and they don't know anything. And they're sitting there, you know, trying to do the best they can. And he just comes by and shits on them. That's a perfect example of how, you, you can let that, that ego go totally unbridled and it turns into this where you, you feel in, it's, it's an entitlement mentality is what it really is. It's because I think because I'm this, I have extra privileges. I can get away with disrespecting people because I know better and they ought to respect my expertise because I've proven how great I am. You, you see how that's such a slippery slope that you can get caught up in. That's why self-observation is so important and you're never beyond it because just when you think you are, that's exactly when it slips in. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, and that's, that's a good point. It leads into like that. This is the exact same type of like mindset, like the, the elite or dark, dark cultists, like in body, they very much just looked at, I mean, look at someone like Bill Gates or something. Like he just has this very kind of smugness about him that like, Oh, I, I know better because I'm Bill Gates and everybody should have to, listen to me and like I should have control over other people's bodies and I'm going to do it through the manipulation of oh well we need to save everybody like you see how these kind of things work out and it can work out in an ex a very extreme case like a person like that or it can work out in a, a place of like in an individual in a relationship if you're stuck with a person wow. who's like that and they're using these kind of things and same tactics it, it, it can show up in many many different forms mm -hmm. That, that is incredibly profound there because whether you intentionally were, were connecting the two or not, but it, it just happened in my head. I'm seeing just how this very thing that we're talking about is exactly the mentality that will inevitably lead to things like eugenics and the depopulation type of agenda because it's the same thing, but they've, they've allowed themselves to go so far down that road of thinking of themselves as the elites, the, the, the special, the powerful, you know, top echelon of humanity, and therefore they get to decide whether it's the whole kind of aristocrat legislator type of role or even something like you're saying, like with just something as simple as vaccines. He, he's touting it as 
the savior of the world. He's, you know, he's, he's helping these other countries and therefore he has the right to do what he's doing and thinking that as long as the outcome it is what they personally subjectively say is better then to them, the ends justify the means, but this is precisely nail on the head. What is the moral relativist mindset that leads to zero respect for other people and the absolute destruction of freedom as we know it. So yeah, you, you can see you know this manipulation. It's it's always done under the guise of, of something nice. It's that whole idea of like the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? It, it's this uh, this illusion of benevolence. And you can see here uh too the importance of, of this is why it's really important to actually align yourself with like the truth of cosmic law and the, and these foundational like universal principles that can be tested. You can observe and you can learn from them and, and making that foundation you build off of, because if you're sharing information with other people, or especially if you are deliberately misleading someone away from truth, what you're doing is you're affecting them at a foundational level and their ability to make decisions and then therefore that affects their actions. So if you're, you know, like when you're deliberately withholding like truth from them or you're using some type of uh, spiritual knowledge or that appearance of that to play off of someone's trauma, like you're, you're attacking them at a fundamental level. Like it's a fundamental violation of their boundaries and of their sovereignty and their, their right to exist as a being experiencing itself. Like uh, it's, you know, it's very like terrible dude, but that's what we see, you know? And I mean, and this, this shows you how evil, like this point right here will show you how evil like the mainstream media is. Like, what do they do? Their whole existence is based off of the manipulation of information. So they can mm. then manipulate the consciousness of people and control them. Like this mm. is going on everywhere. And right now in the world is an excellent time to observe this kind of thing. They've turned mm. every single, your average person, they've made fear of virtue. And then turn them into these type of people that go around where they all have a savior complex. They're all embodying this spiritual narcissism. They're, you know, we can observe it everywhere. Right. Actually, that was hitting me just how truthers do this as well. So because mm -hmm. they think that they've taken that red pill and they're now woke, um, so many truthers that I've encountered personally have such a lack of regard for boundaries so, for example, instead of just commenting uh, something on your post, even um, or at the very least, just you know, say posting from their own page, that that's they're they're putting that out there just like we are right here. We're putting it out on our own platforms. To me, that's perfectly fine. You can say I don't care what what you think is true and what's what means a lot. You have the right to put that out there uh, versus. Uh, what a lot of truthers do is, is spam your inbox. Like they'll send out these mass texts on messenger and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world, but to me, it's just a good kind of like indicator of that mindset of, well, it, you know, fuck your boundaries. We got to wake people up. It's the end of the world. That means I get to behave a different way and disrespect you because, because reasons, you know what I'm saying? Right. I've done the research. I know better. I'm the expert. Therefore, bleh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that projectile vomiting that we we've talked about, where <laughs> just projecting their own worldview and things, and that and again, like, like this shows up in many different things. forms, <laughs> right? Um, you know, and 
many people who are like stuck in this spiritual narcissism or this kind of behavior, they're coming from an unconscious place. Uh, but the ones who are really good at manipulation are doing it from a conscious place, you know, and that's the ruling class. Like they're, they're fully aware of like what they're doing uh, and, and using that, you know? So again, it's, it's interesting to observe these different levels of like where that behavior is spawning from. But another thing that you can kind of notice, and, th and this is kind of an interesting form of spiritual narcissism, is when people will put themselves in a victimhood mentality or a victimhood role as a way of seeking and getting attention and energy from other people. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that instead of very dominant masculine kind of energy, it's this very unhealthy kind of feminine energy of trying to like, you know, bring, bring in. Okay. Dude, right. I have to so, add this right quick because of what you're okay. saying. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of this show called What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, me and my my lady just watched the What's There for the second time. It's that good. It's about vampires, like traditional vampires who live in this house together. But one of them is an energy vampire. Okay, and so he he doesn't have fangs or anything. He just likes to like annoy people or tell them really boring stories or make an awkward situation, and then he feeds on that energy. But then a new girl comes in who's an emotional vampire who uses pity, and he says she's the most advanced form of spiritual vampire. And it's ironic that he's a man and she's a woman, and you just said like that's sort of like the feminine receiving form of this kind of archetype. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, because that feminine energy it pulls things into itself. So one of the ways this can be done is I, I see, you know, I see, and this is an excellent example. I see this as an astrologer and it, it drives me nuts when people oversimplify concepts like or oversimplify astrology. So traditionally, most people, when they think of astrology, they think of the horoscope they read in the newspaper and they're like, oh, I'm this sign. And then that's the, that's the entirety of who I am. So, you know, uh, like, and, and then they'll take those qualities and then just, way over identify them oh i over identify with it to the point that it, it comes into it it's imbalanced right like imagine looking at like one of your toes right and then taking all the qualities of that and then saying that's your whole body that's what you're doing if you only look at like one piece of a birth chart like you have to look at everything in its entirety it's like looking at a single piece of the puzzle and saying i get the whole picture no you don't right. you have to look at the whole picture um but when you over like when people will, they'll see something, they'll see the spiritual concept, right? They'll oversimplify it. And it could be them doing it because they want to get attention or they're just unconsciously do it because they don't know better. They haven't had the proper information presented to them, their nation, you know, but either way that Vic, that wounded personality will latch onto that then and then over identify with it and be like, oh, okay. So, you know, for example, like, uh, I've heard people, you know, was, uh, interestingly enough, the other day I was having a conversation with a person who was like, oh, I'm a Pisces. So like, I'm an empath and, you know, like just, I just get really overwhelmed and things, which I thought was really ironic, you know, cause this person was telling me this and, you know, like I happen to be a Pisces, <laughs> you know, and an astrologer. So like, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of like the different traits and qualities of the different signs. And just because you have uh, like a Pisces sun doesn't necessarily mean that you have, you're automatically an empath. You know what I mean? Like there's this whole 
taking these concepts like oversimplifying them, misunderstanding them, and using them to justify your narrative or your story that allows you to step into either the victimhood role to get attention or the dominator role to forcibly take that attention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this is a funny concept that Logan and I came up with a few years ago and that we, we did a, a live talk on before we were even the Wizard Factory. But, mm-hmm. you know, and we've mentioned it a little bit on the show, but never really got into it at all. Um, <laughs> this is like the concept of spiritual blue balls, as we call it. So a lot of times what we can see with this manipulation, especially if it's coming from the place of the unconscious manipulation, right? This person has a trauma or a need that they're trying to fulfill and they're going about it in an unconscious way and then trying to manipulate others. It, it's coming from this like sense many times, and the, the truthers would be a good example of this, where they you feel like you have this knowledge, you feel like you have this gift or something that, and it may be something that's really valuable. But because you haven't figured out how to share that in a healthy way, you get like all this energy pent up, right? You know, so it's like you have all this knowledge, all like the spiritualism, it's just like pent up and like it's needing to get expressed somewhere, right? So, you know, and that's the state that we like to refer to as spiritual blue balls. But instead, like, why not try having, why not try having a wodegasm instead? Like, mm-hmm. and what do we mean by a wodegasm? Well, we, you know, we spoke about Woden earlier. It's that, it's that state of, that, that fury of self-awareness, that state of like ecstasy, of pure passion, of like going after your own awareness. And then, you know, being able to like share that, to express it. So when you can step into that place of in a, in a healthy way, knowing how to express that knowledge, you then you get that feeling of like ecstasy, like you're fulfilling that need of, oh, I, I have this that I know I can help other people with. I know this knowledge is valuable because it's helped me. You know, then there's this need to want to share with other people because we're social creatures. There's nothing wrong with that need. Uh, but when you figure out how to do it in a healthy way, you know, then it becomes a very enjoyable experience. So like we, we jokingly like to kind of refer to those different states of being as, you know, spiritual blue balls or, or wodegasm. Right. Because essentially that frustration that you feel when you have blue balls, that's the state of feeling unease or uh, some, you know, lacking something, needing that release and walking around in that frustrated state and then projecting that onto everyone else. That's essentially what yeah. we're getting at in the context of this is that this is only going to occur in a person that isn't growing themselves. If they mm-hmm. if they were doing the work internally, learning the lessons, growing and expanding and integrating all of that, they wouldn't have time to worry about what everyone else is doing and trying to fix them and make them do this or that. They're, they're too busy just developing them their own selves and of course then just leading by example if you're doing that you'll still exude it and and show that to others but in as you said in a much more healthy way and then you're not just unsolicited you know emptying your blue balls in people's faces without p- permission you know what right. I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know ditch the spiritual blue balls and blow your woad instead right exactly <laughs> So that, you know, that kind of gives, you know, we've really got a good understanding that, that we've put out of this now. So, but if there was a way to really kind of summarize, like what we mean by like in, in this episode in its entirety, and it's that like spirituality is about the passion for your own self-discovery and respecting others right to theirs, like share that knowledge and wisdom 
like only only when consent has been given mm-hmm. like you know that that consent is the foundation that everything has to be built off of like so if if you have a gift or something that you want to bring to the world just build a platform write a book like offer that service but don't you can't go around and force it on people right like, and it, it really does come down to that nailed it there and and again the the word respect is just like you know blaring in my mind here because again if even if you look at the very word itself and break it down in its etymological components re to do again inspect means to look or observe so rather than walking around worrying about what the fuck everybody else is doing you need to respect yourself you need to look at yourself again and continue mm-hmm. down that road and stay grounded and if you're doing that you're going to be cultivating that respect within yourself and there therefore offering that same respect to other people and respecting right. their boundaries their path their need to learn and to struggle on their own and not have you coming in like a white knight on your horse and everything to save the day because nobody fucking asked you for that exactly. that's that's really the gist of it really and you know it's it's a simple message it's a simple concept but very potent and very applicable to as we've seen in in so many different kind of communities and mindsets that is playing out definitely very uh, important concept that we wanted to shed some light on and we certainly hope you enjoyed it we had a lot of fun making this episode again if you liked it like that video subscribe and we'll see you next week but until then be empowered be inspired and be encouraged Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves.